Gateworld.net, I'm David Reed, here with Mr. David Hewlett. Indeed the Davids. His, yes, all the Davids are present. Yes. His fresh uh, trailer here. <laughs> it's the new Havana Cuban cigar smell, apparently. It's actually a Cuban cigar um, uh, uh, candle that Jane gave me. Because apparently it's the only, it's the manliest scent she could find. <laughs> you know. How's she doing? How's the baby oh, doing? She's great. She's great. Jane is, I think, some kind of an android that's being sent just to make my life perfect because I don't know how she deals with the kid, myself, and running a house and, and doing taxes and all those sort of things. She's unbelievable, yeah. Inhuman, in fact, I would say. Yeah. She's my own little Fran. She's kind of like... Your own yeah. Fran. Yeah, Fran with attitude. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're a father. Mm-hmm. I am. I've started to spawn. Um, I find it's um, much cheaper to just have children than to try to recruit crews for things. So basically, I've decided to just breed myself an army and then take over the world from there. You know, a little army of, of McKay-like creatures, you know. So. Or at least a film crew. Exactly, yeah, at the very least. At the very least, a film crew. Non-union would be cheap, you know. They work, for, they work for milk, which Jane produces. So it's basically, we're like a self-sufficient little society, you know. What's the episode you're currently working on? Uh, we're currently working on uh, Ghost in the Machine, a lovely police uh, song, and uh, and now a fantastic episode of Atlantis, yes. Right. Bringing Fran back. We're bringing Fran back. We're bringing, yeah, we're bringing Fran, we're bringing a few things back, which I'm sure I probably shouldn't say anything about. But yes, it, it's definitely, uh, it, uh, it threw a number of curves at us. Uh, it was fun to read because we're, we're, you know, I like those episodes where you go, what? Oh my God. You know, and then you're you're eager to go to the next page, as opposed to the ones where you, you don't. So, you know. Any stories coming up that, that are Rodney heavy that you've uh, been apprised of and looking forward to? My favorite script of all time, um, I just read uh, Shrine of Talos, uh, which is uh, which is Brad Wright uh, has just written this script, and it's uh, it's it's good to have Brad. It's a, I mean, it just it's a uh, it's it is truly it's it is the script. It's the one that's going to blow everyone away. It's it's unbelievable. It's like a it's like a wicked acting piece. Um, whether I'm supposed to say this or not, uh, uh, Kate's coming back, got Jeannie back, um, and it's just it's brutal. It's like total tearjerker. It's it's gonna be oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be neat. Yeah, wow. It's a fantastic and for McKay, it's fantastic because it's this whole deterioration thing happening, and it's just it's it's just yeah, it's it's that it is the one that I am without a doubt the most looking forward to right now. Um, Andy's going to direct it too, so he's very excited as well. Right. Yeah. Well, um, what are some of your favorite stories from last year that, that resonate with you now? Last year, my God, with? what? Um, I'm trying to think which 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 one jumped out at me. Um, last Man was just an interesting one. I mean, for many reasons, because there was so much going on, um, including uh, uh, including the birth of my child. Uh, like we were literally waiting for Jane to have the kid during that episode, and you know it was like four hours of prosthetics and and talking, like just this endless stuff to talk about and stuff. And I was kind of worried because when I read the script, I was like, "That's a lot of talking. It's a lot of you know flashback stuff." And you know, but I saw the episode. I just I really really liked it. I mean, just it's there's a poignancy to it that I that I I really didn't expect there to be, and it's uh, you know it's uh, it was it was a uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Your performance was really stellar. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, actually the, the funny one is uh, is that uh, someone came up and said, "So what did they? They did the prosthetics on the face, and then what did they? Did they give you like a thing for your belly?" And I was like, "No, I just stuck my belly out." <laughs> and because I like consciously stuck my belly out the whole time. Took the I took the yeah I took the uh, what's it called the uh, 
what do they call those? Uh, fat suit? The fat, no, not the fat suit. The thing's the opposite of the girdle. That's it. I undid the girdle and, uh, and I did last man. Last man girdleless, uh, McKay. And um, yeah, so it was, um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was fun watching um, uh, Cavan as well. Lauren Older as well, who looks exactly like Ronald Reagan. <laughs> he looks like, that's what Ronald Reagan would look like when he's older. I don't know what I look like when I was older, but you know, so... But was it a difficult acting challenge to, to approach the character from that for the first time? The makeup is so beautiful that honestly yeah. I think there's a tense. I think the, the danger there is to act too old because yeah. you're so enthralled with what they've done with your face that I think the key there is just to try to keep the, you know, just try not to flail around quite as much as you did as a quote-unquote young man, you know. Well, ah. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Just keep throwing my back out and, you know, I was going to remove my teeth every so often. You know, but they couldn't. I actually, I wanted to lose all my hair. I was like, come on, you gotta, like, I've got to have receded back to nothing, because that's just be like the ultimate depression for McKay uh, and myself. But, um, or just have a really bad rug. I thought he could be, like, really old, and then just have this, like, you know, dark brown, like, you know, that he sort of, like, takes off to think every so often or something. But, you know, um, but uh, surprisingly, they didn't go for that. They went for poignancy. I, you know, I saw comic possibilities, you know. A galaxy of possibilities. What about Trio? Hmm. Now that we can talk about it, now that it's aired. Yeah, Trio was Trio was absolute hell. I'm not afraid to say that it was. I mean, you are in a box that moves um, with cranes and dust, and and we were strangely miserable to the point of euphoria. Like we got to the point where it was like uh, Jewel. I mean, you know, there are definitely. I've got to admit, there are worse things in the world to happen to to an actor than to get um, quote unquote stuck in a dark box with with Jewel State and Amanda Tapping. Um, you know, I don't think you get a lot of sympathy from people uh, on that. And and uh, they were they were hilarious. Like I've never. It was so tough and and so technical because it was just so much stuff. I mean. You know, it's it's funny because I I did this film Cube, which was all based in these little boxes, and then all of a sudden here we are on a set, which is you know it, it, basically the same thing, only they had a bigger box and it actually moved. We had to do all the shaking ourselves on the Cube stuff. Um, couldn't afford hydraulics and things. Um, but we just I think Amanda and Jewel and I came up with like uh, an entire. A dinner theater musical version of Atlantis that we would do uh, that, that I think that when the show is finally put to rest, you will probably see you know at Coquitlam dinner theater uh, production. Um, that's Barman's party exactly. You got it. You know, <laughs> and then a very shaky video camera uh, 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 edition of it released on DVD at some point. That, that's it. The musical. That's it. Yeah. So um, yes, yeah, so we had a lot of those numbers. We're driving the crew crazy with that, and they're just so. They're so good. I don't know how they do it because I mean, Amanda's been doing this for so long. She has every right to be like the biggest diva on the planet. I'm the biggest diva on the planet. I'm the only one. The only one who lost his temper the entire time was me, and it was just so funny because it was. There was a couple things happened. There was one where <laughs> there was one where I was supposed to. I can't remember what it was exactly. It was something about. I was supposed to do a fall. Or something, that's right. I was supposed to do a fall. And, I'm, and I leap out of the way. Oh, right, because of the fire thing. I leap yeah. out of the way. So they have this stuntman who does all the dangerous stuff. I, all I have to do is leap into a big pad. <laughs> and so we do the first take, and I leap, and all of a sudden I realize that my trajectory is completely wrong and that I've missed the pad entirely, and I landed on this big thing of rope. And it, oh, my God, like it was total agony. And, uh, and I look up, and there's Amanda and Jewel trying so hard to look like they were worried about me, but just tears streaming down their faces. 
giggling their little faces off. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And then I lost my temper at one point, and and, uh, and I have been quoted back what I said for Jewel, like, every day pretty well comes into work and, and, and quotes back the, you know, I think it was something about, uh, Martin Wood had asked me to do something and, and uh, that I was that I was frustrated with and, and uh, I think I said, I said, well sometimes it's called directing and sometimes it's just bullying. <laughs> and and, I, and that gets that gets quoted back to me um, by the bloody jewel state on a regular basis. Who's in Australia right now, I should add. Well, we're all slaving away here. She's swanning around in Australia, you know. I did as much as I could to to alarm her with tales of funnel web spiders and you know and the, whatever they're called the drop monkeys that don't exist you know <laughs> mm -mm. The, the drop bears i think it was oh. well the thing about australia i loved australia i literally had dreams about the colors in australia like you the first night i was there i slept and i like i had these weird dreams about the colors because you know you don't see those colors here and um uh and the other thing is, everybody there is is a crocodile hunter. Like everybody, like you're talking to a guy on the street, and they'll say, and they'll go, ah, and they'll suddenly disappear and come back holding a spider. This is the most dangerous spider there is. This bites you. You're you're bloody dead. And I'm like, well, what are you? Why are you holding it? I just thought you'd want to see it. I was like, but it's you holding. It's a dangerous spider. He goes, yeah, you don't want to be eaten by those. And then the other one was, I went. We went for a walk in the jungle. This jungle thing, I don't, for want of a better word, I don't know if it's a, it's a rainforest, I guess. So, Daintree Rainforest. And, and uh, where it's beautiful little place we stayed at, and there was this little path that you could walk up. And so, me being McKay-like in my way, I went to the, to the visiting service, visitor services, and they said, look, uh, we're going to go for a walk, and I just want to know, is there anything I need to be you know, looking out for? And they're like, no, 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 you're perfectly safe, perfectly safe. You just you stay to the, stick to the, stick to the paths, you're fine. And I'm like, stick to the paths. Okay, fine. So, I stick to the paths, I'm fine. Is there anything I shouldn't touch? No, 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 you're totally fine, totally fine. Um, and then as I'm walking out, I look, and there's this picture of a small child smiling at this giant boa constrictor that's in front of it with, that has just swallowed a pig. <laughs> so there's this massive lump that's bigger than the child. And the child's like, hey! And with this massive boa constrictor. And, I, and, and, then, and, then the, and, the, and the woman goes, oh, I mean, don't touch anything that looks obviously dangerous. <laughs> um, and I said stick to the path, right? Uh, oh, yeah, and the water's fine because it's too cold for the crocs most of the time. I'm like, so I did nothing. I, like, I walked along the path, like, you know, with my, with my elbows in the entire time and, and you know, and let Jin go first. So, generally, so. Um, that's North America for a moment. Mm -hmm. over, over the years. That's where we should do a start yeah. in Australia. In like do some we need to do some location stuff. They got to go to Antarctica. I say let's go somewhere warm. Yeah. You know. So anyway, sorry. Here we are. Not like the desert, like in last hand, but you know, desert. Real. But we need, but we need like a real desert, real not desert. just, not just you know, Corn the, meal. the uh, yeah, the effects department blowing stuff in your face. It's just not, <laughs> it's just not the same as the Sahara. You know? What has become easier over working on this show for the past few years now? What's become more difficult? Eating. <laughs> Eating is much easier now than it was before. Um, no, I think, in a strange way, learning the lines has become easier. There's a, I, I've never been good at learning lines, and I've never had that photographic. I mean, there are people who can literally look at a page and they've got it memorized, and it, I take forever to do it. But there's, I do believe, I think, if anything, this has proved to me that it is a muscle. That the more you do, the better you get at it. Um, you make it look very effortless. Well, you watch a few takes. You'll see, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of agony. <laughs> I tend to, I mean, there's, there's, I, think, I think the thing that I just, when I first came in, I, I felt that you had to get everything right every time. And I think as you 
go further and further in the series, you begin to realize that it's not about just getting through it. It's about you got to, you know, it's worth taking the time yeah. to get things right. So I think, uh, you know, I think that's, that definitely, that definitely has become easier for me in a strange way. Like I feel, I don't get as frightened by nine, ten page days as I used to. Um, but God, that's not licensed them to write more. <laughs> Please don't go along. Because they're, I mean, they are, I mean, they are tough days, but that's definitely something that's been easier. Um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I think, and I think also what happens is once you've got, once the character's dealt with a lot of these situations, you tend to, you tend to get, um, you sort of get familiar with the sort of stuff, the sort of way that McKay's going to react to things, so you, you sort of know where you're going to go on, on, on scenes even before you've read them in some cases. So as scary as that may be, it becomes a little natural. Yeah, I think that's a scary thing. I think I've become, I've become so much, I'm, it's beginning to become very difficult to separate the two. There's going to be some nasty separation anxiety when, when I finally do have to sort of pull myself out of that, peel myself away from that. Um. Tell us uh, a little bit about Robert Picardo and what the Woolsey <laughs> character adds to the to the dynamic. He brings like, sexy back. That's what he does. <laughs> that's what you know. But God, that's it completely. Uh, Picardo is this fantastic. Uh, well, first off, Picardo is just a fantastic actor. I mean, he just got this. He's got all these fantastic mannerisms, all these beautiful little things, and he's so like he does so much work. I mean, there's so much stuff going on and everything in every in every sentence even. I mean, it's just, he's obviously thought out all these little things and it's just, he's just really fun to watch. And what's nice about it for our perspective is that it's a, it's, he's so fish out of water. I mean, he's just the last person who should be basically in charge of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just gives us a lot of, you know, there's a lot of fuel to, uh, you know, for, for us to be unhappy and to, and to um, and to argue with his with his uh, you know his his way of running the, the the city. So, you know, especially after someone like you know Sam Carter, who so obviously is suited to this stuff, to have you know to have Wilsey come in with his his bureaucracy and paper. All of a sudden, five seasons never seen paper on Atlantis, and all of a sudden he's got all these little papers and files come out, and we all get we all get handed files, and that's it. You know, it's like so it's. It's just kind of fun. He's he's come in and he's he's sort of putting a stamp on it. And it's 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 fun because that you can really play that resentment, you know. So and we all resent him anyway. So basically, you know, how could you not? Woolsey, just like McKay, started off as a guest star in SG One and an antagonist. And, and that's it. Somebody yep. that, that you don't really like to like. You're right. You Wait like a second. Not, yeah. He is. Yes. It's exactly. It's it's. But that's the beautiful thing about guest stars is that you can do that. And I think there's. The, the thing is, Star- Stargate's not afraid to play with those unlikable characters because we all have to, especially when you're dealing with this kind of stuff, you have to deal with them. I mean, you know, when it comes to the sciences, it doesn't, just because you're a nice person doesn't make you a good scientist. In fact, yeah. quite the opposite in many Kavanaugh, cases. Right? You know, Kavanaugh is a good example, yeah. I mean, so, so that's, you know, I think what's neat about the Woolsey character is that he's, he's not um, another obnoxious scientist. He's, he's, a, he's a bureaucrat. You know what I mean? And that's the stuff that's just painful to deal with. It's kind of hard to be a hero when you're constantly checking the manual to make sure that things are... Which is funny because that's, I guess, what, in a way, what McKay was doing at the beginning anyways. He was very academic in his understanding of what was going on as opposed to, uh, um, you know, the hands-on approach hadn't quite uh, kicked in yet. It's also really nice to have someone else who's got the same kind of, uh, shall we say, out-there character. You get to have some fun. We get to sort of like butt heads, but at the same time, we're both so in our own little world. It's just kind of fun because um, they both. I mean, it's true. Both both 
Woolsey and McKay are just so in their own little world mm -hmm. that it's just kind of fun to see them in scenes together because it's just everything is misconstrued. Do they clash a lot? Well, it's funny, we haven't actually, we haven't actually clashed that much, but anything I say to him, I say with a complete and utter disrespect. That's what I just We just tend to, this tends to be a bit of, you know, of that kind of stuff, so, um, which, which is sort of fun. Like anything I can twist to make it sound like a you're an idiot, which generally is what you do as McKay anyways. Every question, everything, comment, anything that happens is always someone else's. One of the things we were talking about um, was that um, often when it says things like, often when I have a line that says, you know, oh, we, um, I thought this was going to happen sooner, or I didn't think that would happen, and I was wrong, I always change it to we. <laughs> yeah. So, then it, so you said it's like, it's, you know, we had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Right, so. Um, how did he take Carter's departure? How did, how did Rodney take Carter's departure? Did he take it hard, or was he happy to see her go? Well, it's open-ended enough that it didn't feel... The reality is that McKay doesn't know that she's gone for any length of time, really, anyway. Um, I think there's, I think both for logistical reasons and for um, story reasons, the, there's a very big open window there, so... Which I'm very much hoping and assuming that we'll be we'll be seeing her again very soon. I hope, and I really do, because I, I think it would be a huge, a yeah. huge, huge loss. Frankly, I, I I love that dynamic. I love you know. I mean, I mean, it, it, selfishly, I just also just love having Amanda around. It was just you know we had so much fun last year, and I hope it's not going to just be one season because it was. Uh, I, it's just you know, she's just you know it just makes sense to have. You know, we've got we've got um, uh, a Shanks coming in for an episode. Um, you know, and I think it, it just makes sense. I don't want to be completely distant. I don't want it to be completely distant from SG One. I mean, the whole point is that this is all part of the same universe. It's the same. There has to be that that crossover stuff and back and forth. And and um, you know, and selfishly as an actor, it's just Amanda's just fantastic to work oh, with, and is. I love that dynamic that McKay and Carter have. You know, it's so the root of this of this character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, basically, I'm not. If if, if we hadn't not got along the first time, then. Basically, would I wouldn't. Here. I wouldn't be here exactly. I'd be like Kavanaugh. I'd have long hair. <laughs> probably be living in my parents' basement. No. Rodney's uh, kind of the anti-Carter. He's bizarre Carter. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it really is. It's you know, it, it's and I think and she's also this strangely sort of this idyllic version of what he sees for himself in a way, and what he sees for himself as, as you know both as a you know both as a as a girlfriend and as a and as who he wishes he was. I mean, you know. And I just don't think he, he, he has such, he still continues to have such a hard time um, uh, sort of marrying the, the fact that she's brilliant and beautiful and, and brave altogether because he doesn't, he doesn't have those. He's never all three at the same time, or very rarely. You know, so. we're, we're hearing hints about a, a potential love triangle that uh, kind of... I heard about that. Throughout a season four. What, yeah. what about poor old Katie Brown? Um, yeah, Katie, um, well... Katie dumped me pretty good, I think, is the is the basic, the basic uh, idea that we're not. I mean, again, McKay is absolutely is 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 basically um, you know special needs relationship. I mean, he has no sense of how to maintain or create a relationship. He doesn't. He's, he so seems to he seems to hate himself so much. He finds it very difficult for to that you know God help you if you actually like him because that is instantly a sign of weakness as far as I think he's concerned. Um, but what's What's happened is, I mean, with the introduction of the Keller character, um, you know, there's there's definitely been an interesting sort of shift there because this is somebody who, you know, who he hasn't built up into a sort of mythical figure like 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 uh, like Carter, 
Um, or and, Katie. You know, or Katie, yeah, true, true. Um, you know, and someone someone that's sort of... I mean, this is, this is I guess, really the first female friend that, that McKay would probably ever have had. So, and it sort of snuck up on him, which I think is, is a, a definitely a different thing for... McKay to deal with. I think it's funny. No one, no one in the writers are really expecting it either. It just kind of grew naturally. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know. Uh, I mean, and, and and I think Jewel and I have the same sense of humor too. So there's a tendency to sort of you know uh, play in scenes that way. And I think that 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 also helps with that kind of stuff as well because um, you know it's uh, uh, and she's just I mean, she's uh, she again we've got so many actors here who just do these neat little things. They just have neat little ways of. Of, of 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 you know acting in these scenes, and she's one of those great people who does stuff, and you find yourself going like, "What the hell are you? Oh, that's neat." You know what I mean? Like she does these cute little, these great little sort of you know quirky little things that she does, and it's uh, it's um, so yeah, so it's really fun. And the, and, the, and the, uh, yes, a uh, love triangle could be rather amusing too. You were a big fan of Jewel from Firefly. And oh God, After yeah. working with her for a year, um, what are your impressions of her? Still? I'm so disappointed. All of my, all of my, you know, I had really built her up in my mind, and then you meet her, and it's such a, such a grave disappointment. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm a huge uh, Firefly fan. I, I love that, love that show. I mean, thank God it's not, it's not still going because otherwise we wouldn't have Jewel. But, um, you know, and every so often, you know, you catch her looking off into the distance, saying, "Ah, Firefly." Does she say that sometimes? No, just just, oh, to, just, just to tease the hell out of us. Um, you know, um, she. She call her Kaylee sometimes. That's it. Yeah, just go with it. Yeah. Inside jokes, like accidentally. Like it's hard enough for us not to call each other by our own names. I mean, Joe keeps coming into scenes going, Rachel, ah, damn. <laughs> and then we blame Rachel because we say that she's not acting Taylor enough. Otherwise, we would have called her Taylor. <laughs> so, you know. Um, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was really, I mean, again, you go back to Trio. I mean, Trio, I am in a box with, like, two icons of, of science fiction. And as a nerd, that's, you know, I always feel a little bit like, you know, I snuck in somehow. and I got him behind the scenes fast. <laughs> you know? uh, and I grill her about um, uh, about uh, Firefly all the time. So, you know. Atlantis is entering a phase in its in its life where a lot of shows get cut. What do you think mm. the show has to do in order to stay above that bar? I think it's just it, we just gotta keep it interesting. Gotta keep mixing it up. I mean, it's um, you know I think a lot of it is just um, uh, you know it's just making sure that the characters are you seeing the characters through. I mean because that's I mean. The, there's there's always going to be space storage. There's always going to be you know futuristic stuff and time travel and all that kind of jazz. But you know if people aren't connecting with the characters, then you know if there aren't a lot of people who uh, want to be McKay or want to avoid him or just love hating him. Then you know there's there's no show there. So I'm hoping that uh, uh, you know that, that that the characters are you know and I get that sense. I mean I go on you know I go on Gate World and stuff and look at I like to look at the uh, at the uh, the forums every so often just get a sense of what things are. Oh really? You didn't like that CG? Oh really? You know, like, and it's just kind of fun to. I never actually say anything because uh, God knows what'll happen if I get stuck on there. But um, you'd never come out. You know, you are so not McKay. McKay would never have said that. Um, but but you know, it's just I, I. That's the thing I think is it's just we just gotta as long as those characters are are well served. I think I think we're we're you know, we're in good shape. But you never know. I mean, it's it's such a different market than it was. You know, what is it now? Like. 13, 14, 12 years ago? What is it? When was it? When SG1 started, what, 12, 12 years ago? 12 years ago. So, you know what I mean? It is a whole different world now. I mean, you know, so so who knows? Um, you know, I, I, I do hope it, uh, it continues, but, but you know. 
the, uh, the the production schedule as tight as it is, especially for you, mm. with all the exposition, doesn't exactly permit a lot of personal time. And now you're starting your own family. How do you feel about that? Do you find yourself thinking about about wandering, your mind wandering, thinking about your son? Man, I wish I was home right now. You know, uh, you, you you can't help that. You, you yeah. definitely. There's definitely some times where you you know where you you don't see Baz in the morning and you miss him at night, and and um, uh, you know so you definitely do that kind of stuff. But you know what? The reality is. This is, you know, without this, sure, I'd have a lot of time with Baz, but, you know, Baz would also not be eating. So, you know what I mean? So, it's, and, you know, I think having a job you like doing and, and going home to him, and, you know, yeah, you're on there, you know, you are there on the weekends, but you're, if you're happy doing what you do, it's a good, you know, it's a good way to be. I'd rather see my dad, you know, three days a week or two days a week and, 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 and have him happy than have him around all the time and miserable. <laughs> so I, I, that's the way I, I mean, that's the way I convince myself of it. But also, you know, we try to drag him by whenever we can. So, What do you see yourself doing next? I mean, you, you've been working on it with sci-fi about Starcross. Yeah, we've been working on Starcross. Um, just developing that. We wrote a, I wrote, I wrote a pilot for them, I guess, last season. Um, and, um, and then the decision there was they've got a whole new sort of um, uh, web launch thing that they're doing and they wanted, they wanted to, to do it for that. So we've just been uh, sort of morphing it from its original TV style to, to something that would work better on the web. Um, and uh, just bloody time consuming, but <laughs> it's so it's so funny because I'm used to you know I'm used to things like Dog's Breakfast and and just being able to sort of just knock it off and go in and shoot and I love that kind of I just I love that you know rebel without a crew kind of just get in there down and dirty and just do it um, you know but it's great well yeah well good I hope so I mean it, it's that's the stuff I love I love doing so it's it, it's um uh, it, it's definitely uh, I'm, I'm learning a lot by doing this, this sort of development stuff with, with sci-fi. And they've got, some they've got some really good ideas, which is so irritating as well, because you want to go like, stupid network notes. But the reality is they're really good. And you go, oh, that is good. Okay, well, let's, let's, you know, let's go try that. And so we go off and try that and come back. And there's a lot of back and forth and stuff. Um, but they're really behind it, and they really like it. They seem to get, they get the humor. So um, I'm really, really hoping that, we'll, that that's something that's going to be you know, off the page soon and, and, and onto. Is there a timetable for that yet? There isn't, no. No, it's really, I mean, they've been really cool about it. They've just said like, look, you know, you know, we're just going to keep hammering away at this with you until we've got until we've got the scripts we want and all that kind of stuff. Or we haven't even got the script stage at this point. So, wow. um, but in the meantime, and and so and so as a result, in the meantime, I've been working on a bunch of other stuff. And there are a couple of things that I do exactly want to do. Like just uh, there's a couple of little things I'd like to knock off and see how they um, see how they fly. And the web allows you to do that. You know, where you just you just you know. Um, you just couldn't do it before. What do you think about um, Starcrossed going on the web instead of television? It's not well, exactly what you had in mind. No, I mean, there's always, there, there's definitely, you can't help, but there's a certain sort of letdown on that because you, there is a, the, the reality is there is a, you know, there's still a bit of a stigma attached to the whole website yeah. and stuff. It's as if, like, it's not good enough to go to television, so it goes yeah. to the web. And I think, you know, I have to sort of kick myself in the butt about that because the reality is that things are changing. This is the change. This is the change that everyone's been talking about for years and years and years. And so you got to get over yourself and start realizing that this is the way this is the way pilots are going to be done in the future. They are going to put them on the web, and if they fly on the web, then they may move to film, uh, to, uh, to television. Um, um, you know, or they haven't marketed themselves on, uh, on the web. And, and there's no difference between watching stuff on, on TV or watching stuff on the web anymore. The quality is just as good. Um, you know, Sanctuary proved that. I mean, they've yeah, got HD exactly. quality television on the Internet. I mean, that's that's it. There's the, that's the grail right there. I mean, you want to, you know, how is that any different than, you know, yeah, cool. I mean, the quality is better on, you know, on their downloads than it will be when they air it on, on um, you know, on sci-fi.
Marmol disengaged. 